What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net, where you can get all your show reviews, concert reviews, photos, and so much more. And with me, as always, is Daniel Terry. How are you doing this evening? I am doing fantastic. I've got my water. Yeah, I didn't drink any beer this time, but it's it's not payday quite yet. So next episode, expect trash, Terry. <laughs> I think I've uh, imbibed in a lot of the substances tonight for you on your behalf. And uh, currently drinking a, a Clementina Bravazzi. They uh, stopped selling these at the bar I used to buy them from when they were the only place to buy them. And now they sell them at the grocery store. So I don't know what the fuck's going on in my world, but uh, I'm just glad I can still buy these. Uh, they're very delicious. They're probably going to give me diabetes. And uh, I don't care. I'm going to enjoy all of it um, on this hot summer day, this nice refreshing drink. And uh, speaking of refreshing, we have Phil Labonte of All the Remains joining us again. Uh, basically, I guess you can call this a three-evening uh, with us. Uh, it's a it's a pun on multiple levels, but uh, uh, Dan actually joined us uh, via Skype on my phone to interview Phil, and then Dan sent me that audio, so it'll sound like he's actually there on the tour bus with me. And uh, then, Dil- then even though Phil we make I- tons of jokes about how I'm not. <laughs> yeah then phil and i basically uh sat down for another like uh 15 20 minutes and uh kind of had a normal interview and this was interesting uh as a whole uh it's the first time like i said that dan has more or less been with me uh for an in-person live interview and the takeaway for me honestly was that phil was like that was really cool i you know obviously like you know phil and i have had a rapport over doing three of these now in a very short amount of time and the fact that you know he was like having Dan on Skype isn't weird. It's almost like okay, well, if I can figure out a time for Dan to do these, like like this one, we, maybe we look into doing this because I guess if it's not that weird, then there we go. Yeah, man, I'm I'm totally into that. Like anybody that's that's for it, um, Phil seemed very comfortable. Like, yeah, I have no problem talking to this dude where John's just pointing his phone in my face. <laughs> he didn't even care. Like he was totally engaged, which I thought was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, like, I like what we talked about it. It was, it was a very no bullshit five minutes, uh, <laughs> with me and Phil and he handled my, some of my stupid questions kind of gracefully and, uh, <laughs> you know, was just, you know, he, uh, he's a very, he's a very beautiful individual, uh, outside and inside. Most definitely. And, you know, it's funny you know, we talked on the Danny Warsnop episode about how the perception of Danny uh, outwardly about him and, you know, some people being like, oh, he's a he's a prick, he's an asshole, so on and so forth. And it was kind of funny, you know, like in posting the episode and then what Metal Nexus ended up posting uh, the pull quote from the episode uh, and people being like, you know, he's he's been nothing but nice to me when I interact with him. And, you know, I guess that's all I really have to go off of. And that's really all I should go off of. And I totally agree with that. Like, there are a lot of people I know that, you know, are like some people be like, oh, that dude's a prick. And you're like. He's nice to me, and until they're not, like, I'm going to kind of treat them the way they treat me. Phil has always shown this show a lot of love where a lot of people of his his level do not. Um, I'm not saying the All That Remains pages post our episodes, but Phil does. Phil will go on Twitter and retweet our episodes and so forth, and that gets in front of a lot of people. And a lot of people start following us, and... You know, when that doesn't happen consistently, someone like Phil taking the time to do that means a lot. And the fact that he, I mean, how many times, I've talked to him three times now in the course of a year, not even. Two times at least on this record cycle, and then the first time we talked right before the record came out. And it's just one of those things where you're almost like, okay, you, you, 
you and I have nothing to fucking say. We've said it all the last time. And the fact that he's always like, let's do this again. It's like, awesome. Like, I enjoy thoroughly talking to him. And he's always super nice and takes the time for us. And, you know, this time there wasn't a time limit per se. And I feel bad that I, I, I cut Dan off because... I was looking at the timer from when I started recording, which is about a five-minute head start. So I thought Dan had already been talking for ten minutes, and I was like, uh, "Fuck, uh, we, I wanted to be done in about a half hour." So like, Dan got a third of the interview. We're done. Okay, bye. <laughs> that answers the uh, that answers the question of whether or not you listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, but uh, no, it was definitely a lot of fun, and I'm glad that we got to talk about like the haters and the online. And I like how you kind of picked up and ran with it uh, after I after I signed off. Absolutely. You know, because. It was it's definitely a topic that i think he kind of enjoys talking about but like in in kind of a way and what i like too is that like it would have been so easy for him to answer all those questions with like man fuck haters i'm i'm living on a fucking crack pipe of, ha- of happiness you know like <laughs> it, it i don't give a shit at all about what the haters say which granted i mean he he more or less did say that that like yeah. it, you know he doesn't like he, he doesn't go home and cry about it you know <laughs> and, and doesn't go out to go he doesn't go out seeking it, uh, but it, it it's kind of cool just that he that he gets it, and I think the fact that he gets it and he understands that it doesn't matter what choices he makes, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, at least like musical choices. I mean, you know, obviously we can all make bad choices, but like musical choices, it doesn't matter like what the genre is, and I like how you guys tied that in later on to, you know, is it nice that you can play a rock show? And then turn around and play a a, metal, a really brutal metal show, you know, and uh, and and I thought that that was really cool and very very on point. Well, it was kind of fun. Is like you know, I feel like at this point, I used to be so staunchly against having repeat guests. Like you look at someone like Josta, and I do really like Josta's show. However. It just seems like he gets in this cycle of like, okay, here's Howard Jones, here's you know, Corpse Grinder, here's, and it becomes like the same like seven guests sprinkled over the course of like two, three months. So you're just kind of like, ugh, I get it. (laughs) Like, get somebody else. And so, like, for a while, I used to be like, I'm never going to have a repeat guest. But it wasn't until I had Phil on and someone like Ken Susie where I go, there is kind of something to be said about having this rapport with somebody, especially if the interview goes well. Like, I could see you and uh, Scott from Zeo doing another one, or I could see you and I doing another one with Adam Morgan of Hope's Fall. And because we've built that relationship on the first episode and spent time with them or, or the time that we have prior to actually doing a conversation with somebody, I think that actually – adds to the interview itself and so i've definitely come around and and changed my mind on that and i definitely feel like every conversation that phil and i have or now you phil and i have had is completely different and i think that's the fun thing about at least interviewing phil is we can just kind of bullshit i prepared nothing but i took away from what you kind of were talking about and i was like oh there's some cool ideas and concepts there let's keep going from there and the fact that phil is just so open and willing to just go with it is really refreshing as well. Well, yeah, and to be honest, I was just really flying off the seat of my pants with that one. I had no real questions prepared, but it's well, I can also... tell when the first one was. Uh, are you so you guys are in Michigan? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, the... <laughs> that's that's why I deflected a little bit later, and I was like, and then my actual first question is, yeah. You know... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I left it all in though because I uh, <laughs> thought it was funny. <laughs> absolutely. It was pretty funny, and yeah, now now I can be done bitching about how Phil never says hi to me. Um, 
So it was cool. I thought it was cool that he listened to the podcast after after we posted it. Um, because I know you know we I've had a lot of guests on on my show. We've had a lot of guests on this show, and I it, it never even occurs to me like that they're going to go back and listen to the episodes. You know, you're we're, we're lucky sometimes just to get a, a reshare or or something like that, and uh, so so that you know that he took the time and listened to the show like that 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 meant a lot to us, and it was cool. And speaking of uh, cool and what means a lot to us, we're going to get into our conversation with Phil Labonte of All That Remains and talk to you all afterwards. It's your, oh, towards okay. your hands. Oh shit! Uh, do, I, do I get to say that I officially met somebody because I looked at them in a chat window? Uh, you know, hey. I, it is technically meeting someone. I think nowadays. Well, I mean, this is how cam stars work, right? I think Phil. I think you now owe Phil uh, something off of his Amazon wish list. Uh, <laughs> the Amazon wish list. That's funny. Uh, well, that's for your premium Snapchat subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're gonna go ahead and. Yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, kick this off. I think you can. That's as loud as it goes for Dan. Um, so we are sitting back here again with Phil Labonte of All That Remains here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We have Dan on Skype, and uh, I'm gonna let Dan start this thing off because I literally have nothing prepared because I'm just gonna roll with the punches with Phil. I think we uh, have that report at this point. Yeah, well, I just remembered we were doing this today. So, <laughs> oh man. So where are you guys at? You're in Michigan right now, or obviously in Michigan. Grand Rapids. There. Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. Okay. He has been known to drive three hours to to do these interviews. So, was it two? Was the Inflames one? Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. That's crazy. Did you do it? No, he didn't do it. No, that was whenever you guys were playing with Inflames. Okay. Oh wow! So you heard all the stuff I said about Inflames after? <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I, yeah. In fact, you enlightened me though. I didn't realize that there was there was a, a group of people that hated on Inflames. I kind of thought they were like universally liked in the metal world. Well, here's the thing: it's not that. It's um, it, I don't hate In Flames. As a matter of fact, I love In Flames. So it's more of like a butthurt fanboy kind of thing. I feel you. Which which will lead into my first question because I'm sure you're kind of familiar with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, well, not not so much on not so much on your newest album. Um, it definitely took a. Uh, a turn for the more brutal, which I think a lot of us butthurt fanboys out there really appreciated. Um, now, was that was that even in your brain whenever you were doing that, or was it just like, eh, I want to do something heavy today? I mean, we want to do something heavy was the was the 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 driving motivator. That was why sure. that was why we went with DL to do the record mm-hmm. to produce it. Um, you know, we just felt like making a heavy record. It's that simple. The uh, the other stuff was just a bonus. Right. It's just like icing on the cake. It's like, what does that feel like having, you know, seeing people turn, like literally one minute, you know, and I don't know how much internet comments you read are from jerks like me that just are way too free with our opinions. (laughs) What's that? I said, do you not follow him on Twitter? Oh, I do. I do. I'll be on the, like, I'll be, I'm on the internet and I'm on Twitter. So I don't go looking for, for criticism, I guess. 
because it finds me pretty easily enough. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the so there, I think, ho- actually, I kind of hope that most of the time when there's a negative piece written about me and someone links me to it, I, I, I'm hoping that I see at least the vast majority of them because uh, if I only saw like the tip of the iceberg, I'd probably be, uh, I'd probably be upset. But, but I, I don't go looking for criticism, no. Well, is it is it interesting seeing people turn tail, like just based on like, well, he this is a heavier song, so now this band's cool again. Versus like, oh, they didn't play the heavy song that I expected, so now they're not cool again. Like, it's so hard to get into that mindset, and it's just from being from being in a band and seeing uh, seeing that. You know what what is that what is that like for you? Is it just kind of like a laugh, or is it more just like a uh, just focus on the on the good? I guess. Well, I guess so that, so the thing is, like for us, in the course of our career, there's been a lot of of times where we've done stuff that was considered by the more purist metal community like outside of acceptable behavior. Right, we've crossed right. the line multiple times. So for some people, back when we put out The Fall of Ideals in, you know, you think in 2006, right? Like right. almost every band had singing choruses and there were some purists out there that were like, oh, all that remains is just another metalcore band. They are doing the same thing with the screaming verses and the singing choruses and blah, 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 blah. And then we, you know, released something that was as offensive which is a whole you know a couple whole songs that we're all singing but then we had you know but we but we so we've always got for from my perspective we've always gotten that criticism i guess is what i'm trying to say it's not something that it's not something that's new or it's something that's unexpected uh it's been something that's kind of been from day one or at least from when we we kind of popped into like the the broader metal community's knowledge, you know. I, I, I guess or between two thousand four and two thousand six, it's been the same thing. The same thing we've heard. Oh, they did this and they're not supposed to. Oh, they did that and they're not supposed to. So I guess we're just the band that does stuff that metal bands aren't supposed to. Well, I would imagine. I would imagine it goes back even further than that, though, because. I mean, you got to think back back whenever the band first started, you know, you've got hardcore kids being like, no, you know, there's too much too much metal in here or there's metal fans being like, I don't want any of that. So it's like no matter what, like you started a band, you failed. Yeah, you know? totally. I mean, and and I think that I mean, I remember posting on the Metal Maniacs message board in like like when <laughs> when when I was in Shadows Fall and it was the same thing. Yeah. You know, it was the same thing in 1996 and 97. It wasn't in the same places. You know, Twitter didn't exist, but it was the same impulse. There were still message boards there about where people would get together and they would argue about topics. That was it. And that and that, you know, whether it be, you know, Metal Maniacs or, or Lamgo or or any of the other message boards that I used to frequent back in the day, like it was always the same thing. There were bands that would do stuff that they weren't supposed to and get criticized and it's not anything new. I just think that there are more people voicing in or voicing their opinion on the internet nowadays than there was 20 years ago. Cause there's more people on the internet, you know? Right. And technology's better. I mean, look at us, you know, <laughs> like the fact that we're doing this, how we do And like when we, it's so funny. Cause when we post the episode, it's going to sound like I'm there with you guys, you know, that's, like, that's great. What's crazy Perfect. About it, Even you know? better. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, I'm going to take over now. Oh, hey, John's here. <laughs> My arm's getting tired. I feel like that skit from Wayne's World. Getting tired of holding this. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk to you later, and I'll send you everything so you can hear the rest of it. Thanks again for uh, doing it, and saying bye. Yeah, no problem, Cheers, guys. Man. Hey, thanks, Phil. Uh, you guys have a good one.
All right. So now the normal type interview. Now the continue. normal interview. <laughs> um, so I have nothing prepared. I, I figured we've uh, talked a couple of times now, and I feel like there's a little bit of a rapport that I can just kind of build off of. But, uh, you know, something speaking to the Internet and speaking to some of the things, uh, I'm sure you've seen the uh, the metal military drummer dude with the guns. Yeah, the, uh, doing the Lamb of God thing. That was, that's not. pretty good, yeah. I I was thinking, oh, you did Slipknot, too. Yeah, I didn't he see did, that uh, when I saw the... Uh, Psychosocial, like the uh, the da 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 da, yeah, like it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then during the uh, when it's like when the the actual like uh, what is it the band drums go, yeah. he pulls out the two guns and goes like nice. that. That's hilarious. I was almost thinking he probably could do two weeks, like the intro. Uh, maybe I mean uh, it'd be he'd need. There's some stuff in two weeks that he might need full auto to do or at least burst but <laughs> but uh there's some fat there's some fast stuff in in there but i mean i'm sure that there's some stuff that we've done that it'd be cool to see him do you know what uh when you see something like that are you kind of like oh fuck i wish someone would do one of our songs um i'm I, I don't know that i ever really thought about it like that it's always cool and when people do stuff with your music it's cool i dig it um it's flattering um but it's cool to see it's just cool to see people being creative and doing you know, cool things, whether it be edits on YouTube or doing something like that or, you know, <clears throat> stuff that you see people doing in TikTok. I think TikTok is pretty hilarious. I don't sit and scroll through and I don't follow <laughs> a lot of people on TikTok, but um, I have it and every once in a while I'll open, I'll open it up and just see what's trending and stuff. I think it's a cool app. Um, so I just think that kind of stuff is neat. Like people just doing little performances, like bite-sized performances that of something they found interesting or whatever is cool to me. You know, kind of speaking, you know, Dan was kind of hitting on, you know, social media and, and just kind of a lot of the things that people do and say and trolls and all that kind of stuff. And something, you know, that I didn't talk about last time and, you know, we I had seen the set after the fact uh, of us chatting. And, you know, in that interview I did and I kind of made the comments like, you know, for everyone who's shit talking how soft you have gone, presumably, uh, that this, this set, at least the last time I saw you, was more back to, I think, what people want, which is a very lean and mean set. I think, Some people want. Well, I was going to say, the thing that was interesting to me, and, and I don't know if this is put on for the show, but that show, since you were still the opening band, or the, the co-support or direct support or whatever, you were like, oh, what, we have time for an extra song, so we're going to play What If I Was Nothing. Yeah. And I don't know if that was actually the case, and that's the song you decided to throw in. I or... think it was, actually. Okay. Because um, we had done, I don't think we had done what if I was nothing for most of that tour? At least when we were opening for, Attila. for no, not for no, not for Attila. For uh, um, when we were opening up for, uh, we were playing before In Flames because right. that was the night you saw us. Yeah, yeah. When we were doing the Attila the shows where the the tour with Attila, we were doing a full hour set, so oh, it was over an hour. Okay. With well, the show that we saw that you saw, we only had like forty minutes, yeah. and so. I think that for most of those shows, we were cutting it. I think there might have been an. It might have been there was another band on it too. One of the other band, like I think, I think the the earlier part of the tour with In Flames, there were four bands. This show oh, it was only us and in, in. I think it was just us and In Flames and one other band. Yep. And I don't. I don't think it was four bands. No. And so we had more time. So we were just like, oh well. You know, we've been doing What If I Was Nothing and that kind of the last, those the last three that we do. Right. We'd been doing those with the with the Attila shows. And so we were like, all right, well, we'll just go ahead and add this one and do the rest of them. Because otherwise, the, the end of the set was the same. We just had more time. So we were like, right. oh, let's throw that in there. It was just interesting to see that because it was just like, huh. <laughs> like, the set is very aggressively yeah. start to finish, just jam-packed with bangers. And then we were like, well, we have time for one more. Let's, uh, let's slow this down. Yeah. And I was like... 
it's an interesting choice. This one, uh, this this set that we're doing with uh, with Unearth here, we do a uh, very similar. Set. I'm pretty sure it's the same set that we did. No, it's not. Maybe it's not the same set we did with Attila. Maybe it is, but it's like, it, and that's it's got it's got good pacing. There is a a, a a fairly decent kind of roller coaster of what all the remains does. Um, so you know, but it, it is a, it's a full hour and maybe change. Speaking to that, is it an advantageous position to be in to have as much of a cross section of music between kind of slower stuff to more aggressive and everything in between? Is it easier to get on tours because you kind of can fit anywhere, or is it actually harder because some bands might look at you and go, oh, they're that kind of ballady band that they've been, or now they're aggressive, and it's kind of yeah. hard to properly plan? I, I, I think it might be a little bit of both. I don't know that it's, you know, sex, I don't know which one has a larger effect on the band, but the, it's nice to be able to say, all right, we're playing a show, and we're, or we're playing a fest, and these are the bands and none of them have a blast beat among them you know <laughs> nobody has double bass you know or or you know no nobody does anything that's has very much screaming in it so we should kind of keep the songs that we do in our 40 you know 45 minutes we should keep those kind of more along the lines of of what the rest of the the, the show is um and then at the same time be able to be like all right well we want, you know, we're on a, a show with a lot of really heavy bands, so we can shape our set to kind of be more catering towards that uh, that particular situation. So I, I, I like that. You know, it's it's cool for us. Um, how much it affects whether other people think we can fit on their bill, I don't know that that really matters a whole lot. I think that smart bands look for bands that aren't exactly like them to tour with. Um, we try to tour with a bunch of different kind of bands, you know, we've, yeah, we've, you know, we've been on tour with everyone from, you know, like now we're out with Unearth and we were just out with, with, with Attila and we've done shows with, you know, uh, I mean, Guar, we've done so many different kinds of bands. We've done shows with Seether and shows with, with Hailstorm and, and shows with, with all the rock bands you can think of. And we've done, you know, everything in between. So you know, we can get away with, you know, toured with the damn things and Buck Cherry, you know, like we've, yeah, you know, so we've done, we've done, uh, we've done that. We've done the, we've, we've made it a point to have the ability to tour with any type of band that we can, because that's how you expand your audience, you know. You know, now you've had Jason in the band for a little while now, touring wise, it's been interesting to kind of see it's been interesting to see again going back to the internet because it's just the thing you know uh, i as a person who does interviews i try to find other interviews i read comments and so forth just to kind of get an idea of what people are saying and thinking and it's kind of funny to see jason getting the credit for now your set list like we talked about last time about how you know dl gets the credit for making you heavy again now jason's the one that apparently he comes in the band and he gets to pick the set list it's, it's like there's four no four other guys that have to have a hand in picking that and learning the songs and performing them it's all jason so i mean <laughs> is it kind of laughable to a degree I mean, you know we were talking before we were recording about you know people you come into something and people will comment on something and have no fucking clue the behind the scenes of anything or what really goes into it but they want to give you their opinion like they're the most knowledgeable person on everything so when you see shit like that is it just kind of laughable to be like oh well you know god i'm really glad jason came in the band and made us uh, heavy again i you know <laughs> uh 
I uh, I don't care. <laughs> I think we covered that uh, last time too. You know, I it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people uh, want to attribute it to. Uh, what people that you know aren't in the band that don't see what the band meetings are like, what they think happened, and what they pontificate about. Be my guest. You are more than welcome to set up any scenario you'd like in your head. And maybe you'll get it, and maybe you won't. Uh, but I have no desire to confirm or deny any uh, fantasies that people have about what it's like to be in All That Remains. <laughs> Speaking to the career that you guys have had, you know, I was talking you know i kind of mentioned the conversation we had uh dan and i had with Corey from norma jean and talking to that band's career that they've had and just everything that they've gone through and you know kind of a, a thing that i've talked to a lot of different people about recently who have been doing this for over a decade plus are you surprised at the career that you've been able to carve out you know almost what do you guys 20 years into this now yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Old i mean no, I, there's like probably that. not a lot there's probably not a lot of kind of in it but yeah i mean we, we, we we were we were never the we were never the band that was supposed to do what we have done you know like we were the we were kind of the last band to kind of jump on the or to be to get to get brought into you know get public attention because of kind of the metalcore thing that was going on we were like the last dudes like we grabbed onto that train and we're like yo and because uh, after after the fall of ideals, there wasn't really any that I can think of. There wasn't really any new metalcore bands that were doing the same thing. There was different bands. There was different different scenes starting. Different bands getting attention. Because uh, I think the metalcore thing was on on the way out. Like and was kind of and yeah, death, exactly. So the, uh, there were other bands and other things that that kind of the underground was focused on. And we kind of were able to make the transition to something that was more sustainable than some other bands, than a lot of other bands. Um, you know, so I don't think I've asked this. You know that that time frame between you know the fall of ideals that you know you're kind of speaking just now to like what was kind of coming. Was there any potential like label kind of telling you guys, or was there even inwardly kind of being like maybe we should try to do this thing? We were always looking for something that was going to to make sure that we weren't just following a trend or just getting attention because of a trend and I think that there there was there was a lot of danger of that happening to bands at that time um, some bands you know kind of went and did their thing and then went away and some bands you know weathered the storm but you know we didn't want to just do the same thing that we had done because the world didn't need another kill switch engage you know the kills were just doing their thing, and we didn't want to follow their, you know, try and act like we're following what kills were just doing. We were trying to do what all that remains was doing. You know, we didn't want to do try and be the heaviest band out there and, and do what Lamb of God was doing. There was already Lamb of God. There was already Kill Switch Engage. There was already these bands that, you know, kind of, you know, they'd kind of put their flag in that, and kind of that was their brand. So we were, tra you know, we were trying to navigate and find our own brand and what to, what we were going to do that was going to separate us from those bands 
and other bands that were coming up as metalcore bands and stuff and get us through you know to to get us to the point where we have a career you know so it's been it was something that that we you know thought about you know is like what's going to make sure that we're we're a sustainable band i guess i've never really thought of i mean you mentioned you between i would say kill switch lamb of god i would say Esley dying at that point with uh, uh shadows of security coming out and just kind of blowing them up so it'll work even obviously and a handful of other bands but i mean that early like 2002 to six time period i guess i've never really thought and i've never thought to ask was the shadow that everyone was kind of casting between those those like four or five bands between the kill switch and lamb of god kind of everyone doing their thing that they're doing was it really hard to kind of not look at what they're doing or take something from each one and go, ah, oh, fuck, I really like what Lamb of God's doing here with the going more kind of groove-oriented? We tried to avoid that kind of stuff. We didn't We didn't want to be another band. We didn't want to sound too much like someone else. Was know? it hard to do it at that time, given how large those bands were kind of becoming? I don't know about how hard it was. I say that from someone completely on the outside just remembering how colossal those records were and monumental. And I would put the fall of ideals right up there with a lot of them, but it wasn't until overcome that I feel like that really was starting to push you in a completely different yeah, direction away over, from all of them. Overcome and two weeks really did it for us. They, that solidified the, the fact that we had something that was our own, that we weren't going to be, you know, always looked at as, Oh, that's just that band or that, you know, they're just trying to be Lamb of God. They're just trying to be, uh, you know, kill switch or whatever, like that, when we got stuff that, that, you know, stuff like two weeks and, and then, um, you know, hold on on the next one and, and the waiting one and, and those songs that really kind of uh, solidified us as very much doing our own thing and not trying to emulate other bands. When writing those songs, we'll go with two weeks at least. When writing that, does, is that like an instant like, oh shit, there it is, there's something here? Or no, that song... Or is song... it a very like... Man, I don't know what this is. That song is this all went that through so many different versions. Oh yeah. Uh, musically. Okay. Right before before we started to put the lyrics, the lyrics together, came, the, the lyrics and and melodies and cadence and stuff that came together fairly quickly. Um, the chorus came together really really quickly. The pre-chorus and, pre- and chorus I had right away, like as soon as we got the parts. And we, we, they said, okay, that's going to be the pre-chorus. So it's sitting, so it's, you know, verses here. This is where you're going to want to have something that's going to be repeatable. Or, you know, the stuff that you think about when you're writing a pre-chorus and a chorus. Once they, once the, the spots were fixed, I had the pre-chorus and chorus done right away. And the only thing that we changed was Sukhoff said to me, he's like, the chorus is cool, but you gotta you gotta add more words. Do it like Michael Jackson or, or Justin Timberlake would. <laughs> and I was like, really? Because it used to be the the syllables were just da 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 da. And he's like, throw more in there, like add more words. And so you know, we changed it. I changed it around so that way there was more syllables, um, but the melody is the same. And then the the verses took a little more time because we were fighting with our label about that. But that that's another story. <laughs> it's kind of funny you you talk about the syllables thing because I went and saw. Uh, every time I die last night and you know when they play werewolf it gets to a line in the song where Keith goes uh um I didn't put my hair up in a ponytail for nothing so if I'm going home alone I ain't going at all <laughs> but the w- way that that cadence is yeah. over the beat and then right into the the pre-chorus he's brilliant he's a brilliant he brilliant kind of gives lyricist. himself a breathing spot now and, and it was funny because it was the first time last night where I thought to myself hey, I bet you didn't think about that performing those parts live specifically again <laughs> uh, from the from the 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 overcome sessions 
there were multiple times when I was like, Sukov, I, I, I got to worry about singing da da da. And he's like, and he literally is like, bullshit, we got to worry about making a great record. You figure it out. <laughs> no joke. No joke. Jason Sukov was like, I don't care. I'm worried about making a great record. You figure that stuff out on stage. I was like, oh, God. I think it's Garth Richardson that has a siren in, in one of his old studios, maybe, that says, uh, fuck live. <laughs> like meaning like you do it for yeah. the record and it doesn't yeah. matter how you how it has to come across live yeah. whether you got a backing vocalist or whatever yeah but right. it's it's funny to think about things like that where you're like yeah in the studio you got all the takes you can oh, get yeah. punched in you can oh, yeah. all everything and then when you do it in live you're like yeah, i'm just not even gonna fucking do that <laughs> and now it's like oh, <laughs> that's where i point to the crowd what the fuck was i thinking <laughs> <laughs> um kind of in wrapping up um you know have you guys started writing with Jason? I mean, no, he's no. got he's a he's a busy man. Uh, he's got <laughs> yeah. uh, he's got a tour that I don't know if he's announced. I'm not going to get into it. Um, that's coming up very soon. Uh, he's got a record that he's doing this year, uh, his own uh, um, solo release that he's got already got working on. Um, so we won't be looking at a, at doing new stuff until. Yeah, early part of next year would probably be the earliest that we'd we'd start looking at uh, um, doing any significant writing. I mean, we've talked about uh, we've talked to producers. We actually, we actually talked to DL, and we're like, "Yo, so we'll see we'll see if it if it how it pans out because it's still you know it's still early." But we we've, we've talked. We like the way that the last record came out. We would want to go back to DL again. So it's just one of those. It's things. home, man. It's right at home. <laughs> it's in yeah, we go you know in Chicopee and in yeah. Springfield and Westfield and like home so it's super easy to get there man i sleep in my bed every night <laughs> go to practice in chickabee yeah that's what i want to do it's just funny because you know we've been hit, hitting on quite a bit of the whole eps versus full lengths hitting when yeah. there's something going and keeping things fresh and obviously with having jason in and a lot of people being excited that how well he's playing the old stuff but kind of being like man i can't wait to hear what he brings to the band that it's like you know, it makes me wonder in the day and age of, you know, constantly, you know, having B-sides for stuff, record store day releases, and all of this kind of shit where you're, you're constantly looking six to eight months out at any given time between touring, writing, and all that kind of shit. If it got has gotten to a point where, like, maybe even the label is kind of like, hey, you know, like, that last record did pretty good, and there's a lot of momentum on your side, like, let's keep this thing going. Quickly. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we have not uh, started to really kind of put that together yet so we don't have any we, we haven't talked about about writing or anything just because like i said we're we jason's got you know his own yeah. obligations and stuff so i feel like that'll be a nice uh, almost like rob zombie s thing with john five where he goes off does all his noodly shit comes back you guys tour and he's just always on the road and omnipresent and yeah keeps the band name out there just by proximity of him doing all you his know shit. i mean there, there was there were conversations when we were discussing jason joining the band that we made it clear that we were not the band that was going to be like, this is what you do, this is all you can do, and yeah. da, 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 and be all, you know, all boomery about it. It's like, if he goes out and does stuff, it, it's it's very, anything that's good for Jason Richardson is good for all that remains, if, he, if, if Jason Richardson is all that remains. So we're not going to be like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, so. Fair enough. What's a what's something? I mean, obviously, you know, touring and all that kind of stuff. I see Ken's out here doing, making, you know, models look pretty on with his photography and all that kind of stuff. Is he, was he out taking pictures today? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Where I haven't. 
he sent me a text earlier. We're gonna I'm gonna find him, and as soon as I'm done with this, I was actually gonna have him sit in on this and just oh, bullshit. Well, yeah, there would be it would, nothing would nothing serious. Would oh, get I don't done give there. a fuck. I just think yeah. being a, literally a fly on the wall here and for everybody else, I think it would be glorious content. Ken's I would hilarious. just tell you to talk about old times, like Return of the Pit era type shit. Ken's hilarious. <laughs> he's, he's him and Buzz have both ridden on the bus already, and and I wouldn't be surprised if they ride again because we just get along really well. They're fun guys. They're fucking really good dudes. Uh, but the reason I brought up Ken, though, is, like, you know, with him doing, you know, like, Swivel and, like, some of these other projects that are nothing like on Earth, yeah. some of the stuff you have tapped into and some of the, you know, one of the first times we talked to you talked about doing a Sarah McLachlan song. Have you thought about doing a solo record? Eh, not really. No? Doesn't interest you? I mean, I, most anything I want to get out musically, I can get away with here and all the remains. Um, you know, it, I just didn't I mean, know if maybe you had an Aaron Lewis side of you getting ready to come out. No, no, no. <laughs> Yell at people because they're talking during your show. <laughs> <clears throat> um, no, no, that, uh, that, that, that's not something that I've, I've put a lot of thought into. Um, you know, I just don't feel like, uh, I don't feel like I have a pent up creative energy that I need to figure out a way to get it out. You know what I mean? So, and there, there's no point in me. I don't feel like there's much point in me doing the stuff you need to do to do a whole nother project if I'm not like, <laughs> no. yeah, I got this thing that I want to do. My free you know? time, I don't want it. <laughs> all, the, all the remains never seems like or seems or seemed like work because I was like, I am into all the remains. This is, you know, kind of like my life's work. You know, I've, it's what I've been doing for the past 20-ish years or so. So I have had this amazing creative vehicle uh, that has really allowed me to go ahead and explore basically any kind of creative impulse that I've had um, so for me I don't I don't have a, a whole lot of need to do a side project maybe someday I'll learn how to like program drums and, and do an EDM thing but I, I, I don't know that that's something that that is uh, is necessary because I don't really I don't want to sit down and learn pro tools that's like some complex stuff and not really. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, thank you again for taking the time. As always, it's been a pleasure, Cheers, and uh, looking forward to the show tonight. Cool. So that was our conversation with Phil Labonte of All That Remains. Uh, Dan, I guess you can stop bitching now. I could stop bitching about that. <laughs> I'm never going to stop bitching. That's like, I mean, that's like asking a dude to stop breathing. Would you say it would almost be like squandering away an opportunity when you, you have the uh, platform to do something better? Mm, I'm not going to get into that with you, John. <laughs> You really the only thing I was disappointed with is that uh, that that Ken didn't come on. Uh, I thought I thought for sure that that was going to happen. So the funny thing about that is actually as soon as Phil and I were done, uh, the bus they were on is one of those. I don't remember what podcast I was listening to. They were talking about the the Star Trek uh, buses where the doors like like slide open with the push of a button. Nice, uh, like Star Trek. And so they had one of those, and I thought of that immediately as Phil pushed the button and, and the door slid open. Um, and if you've never been on a, a tour bus, so basically you walk in if you're you're stepping onto the tour bus from the the front. Uh, there's the lounge, then there's a door, uh, which is where the bunks are. So you usually have like. Uh, Six to eight bunks. Usually, you got about eight. Uh, then there's a back lounge, so you got to go through another door. So when Phil and I are coming back in, reverse that. So we we open the secondary door to get into the front lounge, and there's Ken sitting on the bus, bullshitting with Mike and and Bubbles and everybody else. And Ken's like, "Oh shit!" And I swear to fucking god, this is what Ken said. What did you say that's going to end up on the PRP? Oh yeah. 
Nice. And uh, so, you know, it was funny. But, I mean, Ken obviously said it in, in jest. Uh, you know, he's a good sport about everything. But Well, yeah, but I'm still those... probably going to end up on PRP. I mean, that's just what happens. I mean, there, yeah, there, there might be something in here that maybe gets picked up. Who knows? It's Phil. Um, I, hope the, it I hope the title is like some douchebag called Phil Labonte on Skype on a, on a, on like a little phone and called that an interview. <laughs> I hope that, you know, it. I've, I've heard worse. Brandon Chappetti has a podcast and I know that dude's got a lot of money from opening a very successful gym and his podcast sound like garbage. Uh, regardless, people can get over that, but no, it was kind of funny. Um, I would still love to do a Phil and Ken Susie just bullshitting podcast, because I feel like that would just be glorious. Uh, another funny story from that night, uh, as Buzz was uh, running around during uh, the, the night, and at one point at the end of the night when uh, all the remains is doing their meet and greet, Buzz like rolls up on a skateboard with a beer in his hand, of course. And I was like, hey, Buzz. I was like, I really want to get you on my podcast. Like, I've had Ken. I just did one with uh, Phil earlier. Like, I'd really like to get you on. Like, I, I know it'd be a good time. We, like, we talk about beer. We talk about, you know, just a bunch of shit. Like, it'd be really cool. And he goes, oh, it's not one of those, like, lame, like, you got to call in, like, a hotline kind of thing on, like, Skype or whatever, is it? And I was like, uh, I mean, typically, he's like, nah, that's lame. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, and I was about to be like, well, I have my shit in my car right now. And I remember my wife drove me and they took my car, our car home. And I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, okay. Well, I guess we're going to have to plan this another time. Always working, man. Always hustling. Every single day of the week. Yep. I'm like that Rick Ross song. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Right. <laughs> but uh no it, this this was a lot of fun and uh you know one of the things that i was kind of pleasantly surprised to learn uh you know like you and i collectively have been talking in a, a discussion as vinyl people and so forth is just you know is the singles eps thing where where is the the music industry pushing what are fans dictating that they want and i know i've like collectively we've beaten that to death but i think it really just is an interesting conversation piece to, to kind of go and no two people are going to answer it the same that are in the industry. And so, you know, I kind of had wondered and have been wondering like, you know, Jason's in the band now. And as I kind of alluded to like, Oh, everyone credits Jason for making all that remains heavy again. Like, you know, where's that fucking hat? And, uh, it's one of those things that I feel like a label would just go to them and be like, Hey, so, uh, if you guys could push out like at least a song right now, that'd be really good for us. <laughs> I was just thinking. I was just thinking back to his response. Whenever you know, he's like, you know, does it, does it upset you that you know uh, that the people credit him as, as as the reason the band is heavy again? And he's like, I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, just so nonchalantly, you know, like. Wait until you can see the video of this, which there is video. I recorded all of this, so you can see how relaxed Phil is during almost all of this. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I, he's like, honestly, I just, I don't care. He's like, and then he goes on. He's like, whatever scenario that you have decided to concoct in your head about what goes on in all that remains at the band meetings, you know, he's like, maybe you got it right, but you know, I just, I, I, I found that really funny. Well, I mean, it's just really weird. Like I said, like I, I scour the internet for different stuff. I want to kind of get a pulse of what people, what fans, supposedly, quote unquote, fans are saying uh, about 
the band, about the songs, about whatever, and then kind of be able to, you know, for those who may listen, be like, oh, like, you know, he asked some of the questions that, you know, a lot of us longtime fans have been saying, or he's giving a voice, like, he, we are giving the voice to the people who don't have this opportunity. And so it is really weird. Like, I remember when the, the victim of a new disease came out and everyone's like, oh, my God, DL made all the remains heavy again. It's like, well, DL didn't write the fucking record. Like, they had to come to him with ideas and at least, a, the, you know, the song structures and shit. It wasn't like DL was like, okay, here's your next record. I already wrote it for you. Now you perform it. Uh, and very much the same, Jason didn't come into the band and was like, okay, so the four of you, fuck you. We need to make this band heavy and you're going to do what I say. Like, that's not how that works. He just runs <laughs> in with a gun. Yeah, like, <laughs> all right. I mean, and then, here's how and it's gonna Phil go down. Like, Phil goes, "What kind of gun is that?" Right, it's real chill. Hold on, let me. Yeah, can you uh, do a? Can you do an all that remains cover with that? <laughs> with a gun solo, I think. I think that'd be great for the next record. No, so but uh, overall, this is a lot of fun, and uh, I think it was also a, a very interesting uh, catalyst, maybe for for doing more of these kind of live with Dan involved uh, kind of things. Um, but we're going to kind of start wrapping this up. Um, so if you'd like to follow All That Remains, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram at All That Remains, Twitter at A-T-R-H-Q. Phil is on Instagram and Twitter at Phil That Remains. Look out for the retweet on this. Thank you, Phil, uh, preemptively, because I know you're going to do it like you have been doing. And uh, again, thank you for your time. If you would like to keep up with Metal Nexus, you can find them at MetalNexus.net, Facebook at Metal Nexus, Instagram at Metal.Nexus, and Twitter at Metal underscore Nexus. And Dan will tell you where he can be found so you can, uh, you know, be a crying fanboy about. Uh, so you can be a crying fanboy about In Flames. So yeah, if you want to join my crybaby fan club about In Flames, you can find me on Twitter at Discuss Metal Dan. Uh, you can hear me crying all about In Flames on my discography discussion episode about In Flames at DiscussMetal.com. You can find me on Facebook under Daniel Terry. Uh, and you can send me an email if you want at DiscussMetalDan at gmail.com. You know what? I'm going to prose this. One thing. Have you done an All That Remains episode yet? No. Okay. So, two, if Phil is listening and he's listening this far, Phil, you should go on and do another In Flames episode where you talk about In Flames with the guys on Discography Discussion. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. I mean, I'm still going to cry. It's going to be really awkward for everyone. But then, you know, maybe he'll bring uh, Anders on with his backwards cap, and he'll be like, bro, I'm Swedish. It's cool. Bork, bork. I know, and that's the whole thing, because, you know, it's easy to talk shit when somebody's not there. <laughs> when he's there, I I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to be all like, Anders, so it'd be hard, right? Because... It's one of those, like, I could go on for, like, three. Th that's what I do. I run the clock down. I just talk for, like, three out three hours about the first, like, five or six albums. And it's just nothing but heaping praise. And they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't have enough time to finish up tonight. And then the next day I'm like, this album was a piece of shit. This album was a piece <laughs> of shit. No, it wouldn't be like that. But, uh, no, I'd, hey, that that's cool. If, if 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 somebody wants to come on and do a In Flames Revisited, I'm I'm down with that. Actually, I think the better one to do would be have uh, Phil come on and do Sarah McLaughlin's discography. Hey, there you go. I'd be down for that. I mean, there's there's actually, I mean, I don't know if you call them bangers in, in that realm, but. I mean, dude, I don't know. I'd be depressed as hell after that. Wait, how many how many pets would you albums. adopt? How many dogs would you adopt after listening to that discography? I would adopt, I would, I would adopt all the dogs. Yeah, you'd have to. I've never owned a dog in my life. Oh my god, really? Really? I'm a, I'm a cat person. 
Oh, God. All right. Well, I mean, I won't judge you. God will, but I won't. Yeah, it's all right. And uh, anyway, continuing on with the plugs, if you'd like to keep up with everything going on with this podcast, you can find us at Brew Speak Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go to our YouTube channel. You can actually see this interview happening uh, with everything with Phil in the back lounge. That sounds dirtier than I meant it to be. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. We'll talk to you all next time.